But we're going to have Ellen Joy now with Jim Bianco. He's president of Bianco Research, hugely followed on the street. And what I find is it's a it's a smart note always, of course, that's Jim Bianco. But there'll be one sentence that hits you over the head. We get that now from Jim Bianco, where he talks about inflation coming down to that before level, and then it will reverse and drift higher. Jim, state the theory. How will we get to 3% then drift higher? Well, it's the base effect. Last year, June of 2022, we had one of the highest <clears throat> monthly numbers ever at 1.2%. You may remember gasoline prices were $5 a gallon a year ago. We're going to drop that off and we're going to replace it with a much lower number, something like 0.4 or in that range. And that'll bring the year-over-year -year inflation rate down to 3% for June. July of 2022 was zero. August was 0.2. Those numbers are going to be easy to jump over. And then if you start looking at September, November, December, you got 0.2s, 0.1s. Those numbers will be easier to jump over. So we should bottom at 3% and start drifting towards 4%. Now, I'm assuming no major downturn, no, no kind of crisis that comes along, no heating up of the war. That could change that equation. Yeah. But if the inflation rate bottoms at three and starts drifting higher, the Fed's going to find this unacceptable. And that two rate hikes that we have priced in for the rest of the year will happen, right. if not three. Jim, you're such a student of history. Is the Fed finding it unacceptable because they're wedded to a return to the great moderation? Or as Bill Dudley said last week in his Bloomberg Opinion essay, this is a, a society, a country, a nation, and the Fed that has to get used to a permanent higher rate regime. I don't think the Fed's quite with Dudley that they need to get rid of, uh, accept a higher permanent regime. I think they look at the 2%, and I think it comes back to May of last year when Chair Powell was in the White House, um, in the Oval Office, and President Biden pointed at him and said, America, this is the guy that's going to bring inflation down. And he's taken that very seriously. He has stated over and over again that their goal is 2%. He has said that without getting inflation down, you don't have an economy. So he's dead serious about trying to bring it down, and he should, because prices for the last two years have largely been running faster than raises. And so on a real basis, especially people who live paycheck to paycheck, They've been falling behind, and they and that has to be rectified. And as such, we've seen expectations for the terminal rate definitely move higher over the past week or so after hearing from Powell, that commitment to keep fighting inflation. But let's talk about the neutral rate. Has your calculus for where the neutral rate could be changed at all? No, it hasn't changed, except that I'll go with what the Fed says. The neutral rate is somewhere around half a percent above the long-run average of inflation. Now, of course, we could argue to the cows come home, what is the long-run rate of inflation? Is it two? Is it three? Is it three and a half? I'm more in the three to three and a half range, right. which means that neutral is four. And then Chair Paul put a little nuance on it. He said the entire yield curve has to be above the neutral rate, not just the funds rate. So some of the rates, like the 10-year note at around 385, are not quite there. And so that would suggest right. higher rates. So I am with Bill Dudley on that, that rates are probably going to continue to drift higher. It feels like a Fed decide show. we got Jim Bianco and Ellen Zentner with us. Ellen, I want you to ask a question uh, to Mr. Bianco. Try to be nice. But, but Ellen, <laughs> I want to get an observation from you first. Is this a Fed that has to 
to make, a, as John Taylor of Stanford would say, this is a Fed that has to make a regime shift away from the silliness of 1.x run rate on, 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 on the Fed funds rate. Well, I think this is something that is going to underscore um, how much they have to go back to the table, as they said, every five years and taking a look at their entire framework of how they conduct monetary policy and things like, are we at a longer run, higher neutral rate? Are you with rate? Clarita on this are we and going Olivia to... Blanchard and others? I think that, it's, that these things uh, are evolution, not revolution when they make changes. I yeah. don't think that they're going to change the inflation target, yeah. but I think they can fudge around it like some of the central banks and have a ban of uncertainty yeah. around that. But, but, but Jim, I want to ask you, you know, when you think about um, how long the expansion will last, we're going to have a downturn at some point, and probably inflation will still be higher than goal at that point. Does that mean that the Fed is going to be less reluctant to do a steeper cutting cycle in order to offset uh, slower growth? Sure. And let's look back a year ago. A year ago, Q1, Q2, we had negative two consecutive negative quarters of GDP. And you might remember a year ago, the big debate was, is that a recession? And most people said no. And what did the Fed do during that? They cut, they hiked, excuse me, by 50 and then by 75. They were not deterred by a slowdown in GDP. So if we see the consensus forecast that at the end of the year, we might see negative GDP numbers, if inflation stays elevated, I don't think that defers or dissuades them from raising rates. What would is if we saw maybe if we saw a big slowdown in the labor market. But as we all know, the payroll report has beaten 14 consecutive months. So we haven't even gotten a miss on the payroll report, let alone a slowdown on it. But if we did, that might be the game changer. But, but how do you feel about you know, the credit impacts that we've had. I mean, are we too complacent here that we've had this big credit shock? You know, there's sort of the economy pre-March 8, then post-March 8. You know, and it feels like there's one camp that says, well, we've just escaped that. It's just not going to have a big impact on credit and the labor markets. And another, another camp that says, well, we've just not seen it yet. Where do you, where do you no, stand I there? Yeah, I agree with you that, you know, March 8th was probably the most important economic date of the year, pre the bank failures, post the bank failures. And I do agree that we've seen a big credit shock and we're going to continue to see that. Now, the credit shock is not going to probably result in another bank failure, but it is going to result in a pullback, especially for small and medium businesses. And I think that as we go forward, the Fed will look at that, but then they, Chair Powell's already kind of hinted that that's more of a regulatory measure. You know, uh, Michael Barr, the head of supervision at the Fed, it's his job to deal with that. Our job is to deal with inflation. So I don't think at the end of the day that the credit situation is going to dissuade the Fed other than push them from a regulatory standpoint, mm -hmm. but not necessarily from a monetary policy standpoint. Jim Bianco, thank you. Jim Bianco uh, with us today from Chicago. Really interesting.